I just farted. Dang. Get that on the recording. Yeah. Do you guys have outtakes? You should play those outtakes. That's getting popular now. Sometimes I try to get outtakes. I can, I can tell by your statement, Kyle, that you don't listen to our show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scarano. I am one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside always as my good friend or by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, good Wednesday evening to you. Uh, hopefully we put the last week uh, behind us and hopefully we're both feeling a little bit better. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Matt. Uh, I already have put it. I put it behind us when we did our episode. As I said, couldn't take away anything from that game. I do. I don't know. I don't think we'll spend much time on the recap. I guess we'll get a little bit of it when we introduce our very special guest hyped to the 10th degree that he is joining us. But uh, like little final thought, something that I heard earlier. I, if you didn't get a chance to see Eli Manning on the Pat McAfee show today, I recommend listening to it because Eli is just the man that he's just so entertaining to listen to. But for me saying when we did our episode on Monday, nothing to take away from this Giants game, throw everything out, completely start from scratch, go into week two, everything clean slate. He said why they asked him why Daniel Jones would be in that game down 40 to nothing late in the fourth quarter. And he said, well, clearly Daniel Jones is a competitor. Let's get anything going. Let's get any sort of drive going. Let's get some points on the board, any sort of momentum going into week two. As a non-athlete, obviously, I don't think that way. I think from the fan perspective, the analyst perspective. But yeah, maybe there was a conversation on the sideline where he goes up to Brian Dable and says, hey, I'm not coming out of this game. We're going to find a way. We're going to get some points. We're going to have some sort of momentum going into the next game. We know this game is lost, but let's get any sort of momentum we can carry into practice this week. Maybe that happened. That gave me a little boosted optimism as we get ready to look towards week two. I don't know how you feel, but I, I just want to bring that out. I was like, all right, Eli, former quarterback, competitive guy. Maybe something like that happened. Nothing positive came out of it. Daniel Jones got his bell rung a couple more times as the game went on, but hey, you know. Yeah, Dennis, and uh, and. I mean, good point. Typically, like like we're saying, this is our first week of our two two show a week format, which we typically only do, as we said during the NFL season. We we do a post show of uh, the weekend previous, and then we we preview. But like you said, we have a special guest on. We're going to introduce here in a second that um, will probably cause us uh, to agree, disagree, and and go back to it. Which I think again, because of the shellacking that was. I don't think it's unwarranted. I don't think uh, it's too, it's it's not, I don't think it's a, a bad thing if we go back and recap that a little bit more before I go into the preview, but we can't do that without, uh, we can't wait any longer to introduce um, our guest. Welcome back to the show. Um, Mr. Kyle Barron, diehard Giants fan. He was at the stadium. So we got to obviously got to ask him about that too. Kyle Barron, he's in Connecticut right now. A good friend of ours and the pod. Kyle, welcome back. How are you? Dry. Trying to mentally prepare myself to talk about this game. <laughs> Got to crack a beer because this one was tough. But we'll get into that. I'm good. Uh, I've had a couple of days to recover, and uh, I think I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> well, let's 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 start right there because again, 
you are on you're our guest on the preview show for what we have coming up this sunday later afternoon obviously uh again i said i don't remember if it's a 415 or 4 4 30 4 o'clock game against arizona so we'll get into that before we call it a night tonight um but since we have you on the show me and dennis already went back and forth on it but i want to hear your opinions you may agree or disagree with either of us or both of us or but you have the floor to talk about uh, your thoughts. Giants get thumped at home week one against Dallas, 40 nothing. I want to hear your thoughts on the game itself, but I also want to hear just your experience. Again, I said I've been at many Giants games, especially those primetime ones where you get out of the stadium at like 1130, close to midnight, and some which the weather stinks, and you don't live down the street in New Jersey. You got to go back to Connecticut and in some case go to work the next morning. So I commend you for being there. I commend the misses, Melissa, for being there as well. Adorable picture you guys posted in the the ponchos. But yeah, I want to hear your just your what you thought about the game itself, the the product on the field. Um, but I also want to just hear about your game day experience. Well, I'll tell you, today's Wednesday, and my clothes are still drying out, so I have that going for me. But we got there, and I'm telling you, this place was hyped. Like the parking lot. People were going nuts. The amount of Giants fans was outnumbering the Cowboys fans. It seemed like a million to one in the parking lot. Like you couldn't find every tailgate was loaded with Giants fans. And then you get the march into the stadium. You know, you're going up those escalators. People are banging on the escalators. The Let's Go Giants chants are breaking out. And you're like, oh, my God, we're here. It's week one. And on top of it, it's Sunday Night Football. And you're like, okay, like the whole world is watching tonight. And we're about to come out and punch him in the mouth. And that lasted like three minutes and then it was over. Um, but I will tell you that first drive, you know, it was it was like raining already, but the people made the way to their seats and it was a full stadium. And I mean, it was loud. Like the first couple of times that Daniel scrambled, like people were going nuts on that first drive, getting first downs. And there was a point where I was actually in my section being like, all right, like quiet down. Like the offense is out here right now. We can't be this loud. And Right after that block field goal happened, I never heard that volume again for the rest of the game. It was just, it took the wind out of the stadium. Um, and my personal take on it is, I've said this to other people, if we played that game 100 times, we would get this result one time. I felt like everything that could have gone one way did go one way. And when I tell you that it was absolutely downpouring buckets, it was soaking wet out there. I don't know if people understood from the broadcast, but it was absolutely pouring the entire first quarter. And what I noticed is that Dallas deferred, which was the smartest move ever because the Giants spent almost the entire first quarter with the ball. They only, the Cowboys only had the ball for three minutes and 45 seconds in the entire first quarter. That is 15 minutes quarter, right? So we are spending 11 and a half minutes with the ball, soaking wet conditions. Of course, we've made mistakes. Of course, it got off to a start like that. It, yes, we were both playing in those conditions. But in this case, the Cowboys just didn't have to touch the ball on offense. They were just waiting for us to make a mistake or something to happen. And it did. You know, the block field goal happened, and that sprung it for a touchdown. And then, you know, the snap. Like, Schmitz was playing his first NFL game, and – it was an important third down and or second down at that point. We were driving. We we're like the Dallas eight. 
And, you know, maybe it's some nerves or something that caused him to not snap it correctly, but it was also soaking wet out there. So I don't blame the dude for sailing one. Um, so I think the weather definitely played a part and everyone will say, oh, yeah, both teams. Yeah, they both have to play in that. But in the first half, the Giants had 20 minutes of possession and the Cowboys had 10 total in the entire first half. And it's 26 to nothing at halftime. Well, that's because we spent the whole time with the ball just doubling down on our mistakes. And I truly feel like the first drive, we were able to run the ball. Saquon was ripping off five-yard gains, nine-yard gains. Daniel was scrambling out, running for a first down. And I think that once they got down, it totally changed the game plan. And they started going into this throw-throw-throw mindset. And it played right into the Dallas strength, which is the front seven. And their speed took over. And we, we just had, from that point on, we just – we were doomed because of the game plan that was presented to us being down by that much points and that much in that type of weather. I just, I feel like if one or two events went differently, then the Giants still run the offense the way they did and they don't make the same mistakes. And that's just, you know, once it got to 26 to nothing, I, the rest of it, I could, I could care less about, you know, the rest of the game was just second half was back and forth possession for possession. And yeah, the Cowboys executed, a little bit more than we did in the second half. And I also feel like, you know, they stopped trying the Cowboys at a certain point and they're just running the clock out. Um, but, you know, you're totally demoralized. You built up an entire offseason to get punched in the face 26 nothing in the first half. You think they're going to come back out the second half and have that much energy? Like, yeah, sure. Halftime speech. Dable rips him a new one. I just think that you realized that what was ahead of you and you were overmatched by the Cowboys' strengths which played to exactly the game plan you did not want to have. You did not want to drop back and pass every time. Kyle, let, let me ask you, and Dennis, chime in here wherever you want. But so when I'm when I'm watching, and it was, it was me, Lauren, Kevin Fournier, uh, who I don't know if you guys caught on that that was the picture of the person I sent during the game. What Kevin, did you think I my replies not. were where I said, whoa, and then what a cutie pie? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I met you. No one said, oh, <laughs> Kevin. So I don't think anyone, because how many of us have seen him? Yeah, uh, but he still looks the exact same. I knew exactly who he was. Yeah, so I'm watching the game with Kevin. And- let's be let's be honest, Matt. Would I would you, would you believe that I would have that sort of reaction and type that, knowing if you just sent a picture of yourself with a random guy in a bar? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Very much so, actually. That that wouldn't be shocking at all. But yeah. That- Next time I'll be better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, be be better. Um, no, but but Kyle, I mean, the first drive, and I'm watching at the bar, and Dallas fans are quiet because the Giants walked through the Dallas defense that first drive, and it was mm-hmm. everything we had heard about in training camp. Everything we had seen from obviously that brief moment where all of our starters were playing in preseason, but the Giants walked right through that Dallas defense on on the first drive. Again, I said on the last show, granted they didn't get to the end zone, but then you get Graham Gano, no one better, uh, no no better kicker in the NFL, or no one you can count on more so, I should say. Block yeah. kick, Dallas takes it back. Again, unfortunate shit happens. But then Dallas misses the extra point. So from you being there, obviously not an ideal scenario where we looked so dominant on offense the first drive. To start the game where you got the momentum, Queen Latifah, the fireworks, all, all this is going on. And then Dallas misses the extra point. So 
was the crowd like what was the what was the crowd like after Dallas misses the extra point Giants get the ball back was there like an oh shit here we go or was it like no we still got this momentum's right back after the missed extra point well it was you know I turned around and I was, I, was like, about, right, I, I, I want to interject it's three plays later and it's a pick six well no 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 I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about three plays later I'm talking about the Giants are taking the field again after Dallas misses an extra point after an unfortunate situation. And well, everyone's like, okay, not an ideal start, but you get the ball back again and you're like, all right, we just drove down the field. We'll just drive down again. That's the the next drive. It's not the pick six drive. The next drive, the Giants go incompletion, incompletion, and then 10 yard Michael Parsons sack. And then you're like, oh shit, three and out, we're punting. That's not cool. Oh, you're right. They drove down the field, got a field goal. And then, and then Dallas drives again and, and gets a field goal. And you're like, okay, you know, nine, nothing, not so bad. Right. Like you get a touchdown right back in it. And then the pick six happens. And then you're like, what is going on? And, and that pick six, again, Daniel hits Saquon in the numbers. And again, it is soaking wet and he gets hit from behind and the ball just squirts out in the air. And of course the Dallas defender is there, right? Because he has to be with a wide open lane to run for the touchdown. And that's just, you just sit there and you're, that was into the end zone. I'm sitting in, I'm like, this is a joke, right? Like this is the luck we're having right now to start. Well, Colin, I want to ask you because you're there. You're not going to get all the replays. You're, you're watching this in real time. I said this when we recorded on Monday, Daniel Jones had no business throwing that ball. It was third and long. I understand you're looking for a screen pass. Maybe something back. Maybe you get the first down. But it was borderline double coverage with Diggs there and then whoever was the uh, safety or corner that ended up intercepting the ball to return it. He got lit up immediately as that ball hit him. I understand it's a catchable ball, but you just said it. In those conditions, he got lit up immediately. That ball 90% of the time is coming. It's popping out. Yeah, so in I mean, those I think, obviously I don't have the replays that you do up when I'm up in the stands and I'm up in the third level. But what I do enjoy is I get like a bird's eye view of whenever the play starts, I get to see where the defense breaks, like where the safeties are going, all this stuff. And I think that Diggs wasn't actually covering Saquon, right? But what I could see is I think he was actually just playing a zone and that when Daniel went that way, Saquon has possession of that ball and he just lights him up from from basically behind him, right? Where Saquon's not expecting the hit. I think if he's in front of him, he grabs that ball and braces for that hit. But I think it kind of catches him by surprise of how quickly Diggs hits him, right? And then well, the that's ball where I'm the point of it. Then it has to be on Daniel Jones to see Yeah, but what I mean, are the ramifications of me completing this pass? He either gets it or I could be endangering my wide receiver at this moment right but at this point in the game you're trying to say hey it's an important third down i'm going to my playmaker and technically saquon has the inside leverage there right daniel put the ball inside saquon catches it he runs makes one defender miss and then you got a first down Diggs just blasts him from behind and it just so happens that there's a safety sitting there right so i think that daniel's idea is right that you hit saquon in stride right there and then he can make a first down easily on a short pass without having to go down. Because at this point, don't forget, he's been pressured like crazy, and he's coming fresh off that Parsons sack on the last drive. And I'm sure he's already hearing the footsteps because they were all over him. So I'm sure he's quick ball out, get it to Saquon, and what could go wrong there? And it just 
obviously popped <laughs> worst in case the air. Scenario. Yeah, That's worst case. Case. You know, the other scenario is, oh, pass breakup, incompletion, you punt the ball. But no, it's a pass breakup that turns into a pick, you know? So it's just, like I said, I really feel like some of these things, and I know people will be like, oh, you're saying that because you're a Giants fan. But I truly feel like the conditions and the way that some of these things went, that if you did that play over and over again, you might not get that result again, you know? So I, I just feel like it compounded on itself. And so, it, it... Kyle, let me let me throw this one at you. And I, again, I don't know if you, if you listened to the episode uh, a few days ago, but so here, here was one of my issues. Dallas got gifts to start that game. There's no doubt yes. about it. They, they mm-hmm. got the blocked field goal, the fact that you were able to not only block the field goal, but run it back for a touchdown. The fact that the, the Saquon um, fumble that we just talked about, which I agree with everything you just said, uh, just some things just really fell Dallas's way early on that changed the momentum. I don't think it changed it to the point where the Giants couldn't have easily come back based on what we've seen of them in the offseason in the past year. But I told Dennis on the show and and I told our listeners, this was one of the first games where I think, and we always say we we love Brian Dable, we love Joe Shane, we love the we love Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, yada yada yada, so on and so forth. This is, I think, one of the first where I can truly put a lot of blame on them for their coaching. Um, I mean, the obvious one is fourth quarter, and I, Michael Parsons, who has every reason, you know, talk smack right now, went on whatever podcast he went on and said, why would the Giants coaching staff leave him in like that? And I don't disagree with him at all. It's pouring rain. Like you said, Kyle, the Giants are are down. I, I can understand. We got to get something going. We got, we're not getting anything going in the fourth, the fourth quarter down 30 something to nothing, 40 to nothing. It's the, the conditions are terrible. We had a feeling that there was a very good chance we could lose to Dallas. We had the whole season ahead of us. Why is he keeping him in there? And then just some of, I, I don't know, the press conference, every Brian Dable rubbed me the wrong way this week. Uh, the coaching staff, Dennis had some things to say about Wink Martindale and his defense, obviously, down 40 nothing. But I'm I'm curious what you, your thoughts are on the coaching staff. This seemed like one of the first weeks where I can say, you know what, a good part of the blame and the ownership has to go on the coaching staff. But and, and I think Brian took that in the press conference. He was the first one to say that the blame is on them. Like that's one of his quotes is that he said that they did not they did not execute their job. They did not prepare correctly, like in terms of this situation. And I think that what happened is they abandoned the game plan. That's what I make. That's what I am upset about is that they said, okay, we're down 16, nothing. We got to start making plays happen. And I think if they just stuck to running Saquon, mixing in some play action pass, maybe saying shorter line of scrimmage, what they did is they just played themselves right into Dallas's hand. They just said, okay, Parsons, pin your ears back because we're not going to rush it and you're just going to come right after us. And what they kept doing is taking advantage of our guards every time. They kept pulling DN stunts, and it was the same move. And it's Glowinski, who I cannot stand, and Ben Bredesen, who I can also not stand. And I think that Schmitz did a great job playing center, and he's actually 
got a really high grade for for a rookie for a center. I think he was like the highest graded offensive lineman of the day, which is impressive for for that guy to do that in in this opening game. But the Cowboys have Demarcus Lawrence and they have Michael Parsons and they have speed. They have outside speed, and I think that everyone will say, "Oh, Evan Neal this and Andrew Thomas that," because they came flying around the outside. But I think really the glaring weakness to me is the guards and watching a team who has the strength to pass rush like Dallas and then putting yourself in a position where they know that all you're doing is dropping back to pass is you you literally just gave it to them. You were like, here you go, like have fun, have a field day because it's you against us and you're going to destroy us like that. It felt like we admitted that. So, so let me, so let me bring Dennis back in here because me and Dennis, I think when we recorded the show, Dennis made the point that I just wanted to get it over with. So emotions were still high and I probably didn't approach that show as anal- analytically as I should have, but you just brought him up. Did someone have a worse game than Evan Neal? And, I mean, and, and we have to, De- I mean, De- I want to hear Dennis. I want to hear you. Then I want to go to you, Kyle, because you and I didn't really touch that much on Evan Neal. And maybe it was because I was just emotionally like, you know, it was just so bad that everyone, everyone was equally terrible. But Evan Neal, we got to start hitting the panic button. Maybe not in the team, but maybe on Evan Neal. Because we've been waiting. We've been we've been patient, and it's not happened. Dennis, I don't know if you have any strong thoughts on that because he has not looked good. I don't know about – is this – what is this, year two mm-hmm. for Evan Neal? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some time to be patient. I, I understand he's a top ten pick. He's – he was regarded as one of the top guards coming out. He was the number one guy until the college football season started to un, you know, show itself and more offensive linemen came to the forefront. He, It was the same type of thing with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas was one of the top guys, and then he was kind of forgotten about because all these other guys started to have incredible seasons. The Giants ended up getting both of them. Both of them were talked about in the highest regard. So I, at, you know, Andrew Thomas, I have my own problems with, but I think he's coming along. I I like that Evan Neal is playing right guard, but he played left at Alabama. He kind of moved all over the place. But I still say wait and see. I, I give him time. You, I mean, you say that you can blame the offensive line. It is part of the issue that who I think had the worst game and struggled. It's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had the worst game on that football field. Daniel Jones made bad decisions, turned the ball over, bad throws, and a guy that we thought cleaned up the mistakes last year and was going to come out and have a really productive season looked like com- complete trash Sunday night. He had the worst game. Bar yeah, none. I, I think Daniel did not have a great game, and I think it reverted back to Daniel of old where you were like, okay, he's turning the ball over left and right, and he's making stupid decisions. I, I do agree with that. I think the guy was running for his freaking life out there. Um, every single play, the boneheaded play that bothers me the most is the stupidest. The, the, it, when Stefan Gilmore picked that ball off because Daniel is rushing out of bounds and throws it, I don't know, just to keep it no in bounds and football. not take a step. Yeah, and, and he knows that. And he knows that he shouldn't be doing that. And, and, I, and I, I understand, I, like to your point, he's running around like a chicken when his head cut off. Like, oh my God, these guys are coming out. There's so much speed on the field. My guys can't protect me. But this isn't your first day, dude. This isn't yeah. even year two. You are prepared 
for this. You should be able to withstand what is coming after you. You're going to have a bad night if you recognize that. But don't make it worse by making bad decisions. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, um, you know, with that. I think that he will – he's going to be very critical of himself. Like, and he's going to come back, and I think it'll be how does he bounce back and respond. I truly believe he, you know, has it in him to come back and I have agree. a great game and, and turn it around. And I just think that it was – it was the perfect storm, quite literally, on Sunday night. And it was – they didn't do themselves any favors and you know, the offense looked great on the first drive and then it just disappeared. Like if you put those two tapes next to each other, you would have been like, that's the offense from last year. And then all of a sudden you get this. So I, and like, like you, you brought up Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, like those are their two big guys. Parsons was in the backfield. It almost seemed like every play, but I read this stat and I, you know, I had to favor the tweet because I read this on Monday the for the week, the top 10 players in pass rush win rate, like at the edge, the Cowboys had three in the top six mm-hmm. of those three. None of them are Micah Parsons or Dexter Lawrence. So That's that just incredible. shows you how much speed was on that football field that night that the Giants had to deal with and they were not prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Diggy Zua, the former Giant who's on the Cowboys, had two yeah. sacks that that night which was like where the hell was that when you were on our team <laughs> so kyle let me let me ask you this and and again and we'll we'll move on we'll we'll get into our uh our preview show for this coming week um so what what me and dennis said and i think what was what was most upsetting was that what is the way that at least the back end of last year especially the off season and especially going to this season. What is the way that Giants fans, fans of other NFC's teams, NFL analysts, talking heads, are measuring the Giants' talent and their improvement? And that's not a question to you, because I know the answer. It's what is, and we've heard it a hundred times, What, wh- where does the gap close between the Dallas Cowboys, between the Philadelphia Eagles? How do we see that gap close? And you'll get smoked by the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. We knew we were going to lose. Didn't know we were going to lose that bad. Then you go into week one. Personally, I picked the Giants to win this game against Dallas. But also, if I went to bed and the Giants had lost, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, how the heck did that happen? But at the end of the day, I'm saying how the heck did that happen? Because it was a it was much worse than I ever thought it could have been. Yeah, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> I knew going into this game, if the Giants beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys were still the better team. We would have had something funky and something amazing to beat to beat Dallas, but I thought we could do it. Me and Dennis both thought we could do it. But this year, the Dallas Cowboys and especially the Philadelphia Eagles are still better. So that is how the measurement is going to be taken is where this gap closes. I think the gap is closer than the Giants showed uh, the other night, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are because that is going to be the measurement in the NFC East. The poor Washington commanders, they can't figure it out. Eventually they, they will. And, and I hope they do because I think it'd be better for the division. But the Giants still seem light years away. And I, I thought we would have seen something obvious. I told Dennis on the last show, 
if we lost on the last second field goal or lost by a touchdown, lost by 10, of course I would have been disappointed. But at least hopefully we would have seen something that shows that the gap is closing, maybe a few lead changes. We saw none of that. We got smoked at home, prime time, as we have done the last better part of of 10 years. So I don't see a reason to think the gap is closed. And I told Dennis again, maybe by the time this season's over, we will see the gap close. Maybe we'll beat Dallas on the road. Maybe we'll win a game against Philly. Who knows? But to I, me, I, that's the measurement. I'm curious your thoughts on that. On I mean, I think obviously, yeah, Christmas. Ooh, Christmas what a present. present for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, we are not there yet from a roster construction standpoint. You have to remember this is year two of a brand new head coach GM combo and around the league. I think they finally did it right. Instead of hiring just one or the other, you hire them together because the rest of the league, you see what San Francisco's doing. You see what the Buffalo bills did. These guys were hired in tandems and they have to be on the same page and they have to rebuild the franchise with their image. And then the success comes and then the success is long lasting. It's not like a quick hit of, Oh, we got a good stint because we got a good GM and the coach blows it. Like this thing is going to take time. And I think that, you know, Dallas has talent on their roster. Um, but I don't know that they're like a perennially good team, right? Like I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. I think that, you know, the head coaching will fail them. The Eagles on the other hand, have a great front office and coaching combo. And, I hate it because every year they get better on every single part of the roster. So that, you know, as much as you might want to close the gap, they're just increasing it. Because, I mean, like, if you watch Jalen Carter this past weekend, he's going to be a problem for a very long time. Um, And they just keep adding to their strengths. Uh, I think we need to get in a position with the roster construction that we add to our strengths and that you have depth behind your starters, right? Because we can talk about the starters all the time. Starters can't play 100% of the snaps. You need that people come in situationally do things for you, run packages, run stopping packages, right? And you just need to have those guys in your roster. And I think that they're finding these gems the hard way because you can't just do it all through one draft, right? Like Isaiah Hodgins plucking him off of another team last year, right? That's a great ad. He's making he's making a difference this year for us. Jason Pinnock plucking him off a team. Now he's a starting safety, right? But it takes and, – and everyone says he's been playing well this whole camp and he got a super high grade on on sunday night um and i think he's going to be a good safety this coming year it's just like slowly but surely you can make a couple of these key ads you can't go out and pay every free agent and just turn your roster over you gotta you gotta grind it out and i think that they're in the process of doing that and i think i saw the other day that it's finally at a point where like 50 percent of the roster or something is joe shane guys so like you still have some like Dave Gettleman guys in there, you know, like I saw, I, saw, I know you're talking about, I saw that same graphic. And it, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, you forget there are some good leftovers from the Gettleman era. Like everyone made fun of him for the Leonard Williams trade. Right. But it turned out that that was awesome for us. Leonard Williams has been awesome for us, you know? So there's been, there's some great moves. There were some really boneheaded moves too. And everyone says taking Barkley at two is a boneheaded move by him. Right. But of course he's a cornerstone franchise player. So, you know, you, everybody will disagree on that stuff. But I just think it's going to take time. And I think that they finally have a, a winning culture in the locker room. And that will translate on the field with time and continuing to add pieces. Like adding Waller with that trade, 
because he didn't want to go out and overpay for a wide receiver one who there were no wide receiver ones on the market. So what were they supposed to do? Go pay a guy like a wide receiver one and turn out that he's a fraud and he's just some guy who can, you know, catch a couple balls but not be an alpha target. He went out and got to get alpha target, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing what Waller does. And that was a creative way to get yourself an alpha target on the offense. But, you know, it's it's going to take a bit. And I think that they're not done yet. I think that there'll probably be some midseason trades. And it may be offloading people in contract years that we're not going to use in the future. Because in their head, they already have guys who they're committed to and guys who they're not, you know. Sure. Uh, and Kyle, ask you, and we're, we got to move this along because uh, I have one other thing I want to ask you guys after we go to the preview. Um, preview. Kyle, I'll, I'll give you the floor really quick. Um, aside from the Giants, week one recap, obviously, as Ellis would say, my boys, um, with an awesome win in Kansas City. And I don't think any of us would have bet on the Lions. I don't think any of us were shocked either. Great performance. The Lions, I'm, I'm super excited to watch them this year. Maybe I'll find my way up in Detroit uh, this this fall. Who knows? Um, but just aside from just any week one, just standouts for better or worse, and then we'll get to our uh, Giants-Arizona preview. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Lions, that was great. That was so fun to watch. And Dan Campbell was awesome. And that team is, like, trending in the right direction. Um, and – Aiden Hutchinson is absolute beast. And that's what happens when you get a dominant defensive end in this league. You can make a lot of noise, even when it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think the, you know, the Bengals flop was the most surprising thing of the entire weekend to me. And I can't tell whether it was the Browns defense just generating so much pressure in that game. And also they had weather issues too. Um, or whether it was the bank. I mean, I'm sure the Bengals will bounce back, but the Pats surprised me with the, you know, the comeback there, giving the Eagles a run for their money. But I also think the Eagles made some mistakes and that if you played that game again, they'd probably, you know, win more sure-handedly than they did. But I think the Eagles, again, are just going to be a strong team, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but there was, uh, you know, and then there was the whole, I the whole Rodgers and Jets thing. And yeah. That's... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get. I wanted to get to that last, but uh, so so hold your horses there. Anything else? On... <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens from here because you know, week one, it's the classic overreaction. Oh, these guys are way better than we thought. These guys are worse than we thought, and we still know nothing. You know, we this is the first time that the teams put anything on tape, and of course, the Giants can just light their tape on fire, but. This is the first time anybody in the league has put anything on tape. So this year about schemes and new head coaches and all that stuff. So I think it's more to unfold from here. And I think that, you know, week three, four, five, this one will start to find out who's who. Because um, some people had some soft matchups in week one. Like, is Jordan Love that guy? Like, he might be. He might be. Or he might have just played the Bears. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I'm excited to see all that. All right. Well, um, let's let's use that as a, a way to move on to uh, official preview week. And I mean, typically the second show of the week is preview week. But when you have someone on the show, typically what we'll try to do, Kyle, is next time get you on the beginning half so we can recap it then, because this is typically just a a preview for the upcoming week. So I'll give Dennis I'll give you the floor. Giants will take on the Arizona Cardinals that is coming up um, this Sunday afternoon, in Arizona again. 
Uh, I mentioned it, a, a building that means a lot to uh, Giants fans, um, myself included. Uh, what a, One of the best memories of my life were in the end zone, the red zone, quote unquote, as they would call it. And here's the good thing. Coming off of a disastrous Giants game, then as we talked about it, we are playing a team that we know we are better than. But the Giants know they're better than. And the Arizona Cardinals, who are going to have a probably long and painful uh, rebuilding process ahead of them. Josh Dobbs named the officially named the starter uh, against the Giants. Giants have their own issues to worry about. Andrew Thomas did not practice this morning. Um, Darren Waller, questionable, which I think he's going to be every week for a month or so because how they nurse this his hamstring. Graham Gano, limited. Dable says he's fine, but and I mean, no one. It's not doom and gloom, but here we go again. We all know the Giants' injury history. You got to be worried about it to some extent, but the Giants go in Arizona, a team that at least when we're healthy for the most part, we should win. And and Dennis, you and I were both in agreement. We can't just go in Arizona and win. We. I said I don't like calling anything a statement game, but this is the closest thing to it. Uh, week two, you said week one was a must win. I disagreed with you because I thought Dallas was a better team. So if we lost to a better team, I'm not going to panic just yet. The way in which we lost caused the panic. We need to have a good performance. We need to obviously win, but I think it needs to be convincing. So you have the floor, Dennis. Well, so what? I mean, two things are we getting right into picks? No, let's do the let's do the preview show. Let's talk. Let's talk Giants, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, also, and then I mean, Kyle mentioned it, and you said you're going to save it. Are we not going to talk Aaron Rodgers at all? Because that's part I'm, of Week One. I'm saving that. I'm saving that for the last thing of the night. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh. What I, what I was going to do, what I was going to do is go Giants end week one, Aaron Rodgers, then go into the preview. But I thought if we were just doing Giants, we should just go right into it. Or we could talk Rodgers if you want. I I think we should just talk Jets Rodgers to get it over with, then do Giants preview, then do picks. Because they're both, both of these things are going to become part of picks. You know what I mean? Fair enough. No, that was, I went, I went back and forth. All right, let's, let's talk Aaron Rodgers. Four snaps in. And Rodgers goes down. I'm watching the game. I watch him go down, but credit to Aaron Rodgers, I guess. I see him get get up, fall back down, get up. I'm like, okay, like he's um, something. He got he bruised something. Maybe he has a you know a, a Charlie horse. He looks okay. And then I see him get on the cart. And I'm like, oh boy. And you know, I I I don't laugh at injury. I don't. I don't root for injury. I don't laugh at injury. But what I do laugh at, as little brother, the New York Jets, getting so hyped up, this guy was the Messiah, bring them back, and within minutes, it is done. And now they got Zach Wilson, who Zach Wilson, there's no one happier on planet Earth right now than Zach Wilson. Um, but remarkable. Dennis, you yet. Yeah, have at it. I mean... I just feel terrible. I honestly feel terrible 
for that fan base. And, and Matt, you're on record, obviously, know. but everybody knows you you hate the Eagles the most out of any NFL franchise. I hate the Jets. Most of it stems from the fact that my little kid brain couldn't process that going to Giants Stadium for the first time to watch a game was a preseason game against the Giants and the Jets, and the Jets were home. Why would the Jets be home in Giants Stadium? And my dad trying to explain, well, they share the stadium. They all, I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. This is Giants Stadium. There's a little <laughs> blue logo that says Giants. No, I don't like these guys. And then Jason Seahorn tore his ACL on like the first play from scrimmage and it ruined my night. But so, yeah, I hate the Jets. But I was very interested to watch this team this year. I, I really like Aaron Rodgers. He might be a douche. People don't like him. I don't care. I like him that he's just that, a douche. He doesn't give a flip at all. Does whatever he wants. His own family doesn't like him. Now he's going to come to the greatest city in the world, quote unquote, as Americans talk, New York. Can he make it happen in a division that could be really good this year? Matt, we talked about it in our preview show last week. Will the Patriots with Bill Belichick actually be the last team in that division, given the three teams that they have to chase? So I was really sad when he stood there, looked kind of weird, like a mannequin, and then sat down. I was like, well, why? Well, that was too casual. And, I wa- and again, I watched Pat McAfee today. He was talking to Eli right after, and they were talking about Aaron Rodgers. And he said that. He was like, this is too casual. This Is it a, is it a hamstring? Is it an ankle? This is... Can he not in a little sprain? And no. I guess, I guess, in a sense, like, and I, and I, I do it's almost it. like he stood up and he knew, like, okay, I, I can't walk on my foot right now. I, I do, and I, I mean, it's on record on the show. I do not like Aaron Rodgers as a person, just because I think it's weird that you go into a cave. He just, he just says weird stuff. I, That's I know his journey, man. That's his life. That's his journey. But, but to his credit, that was a very casual Achilles tear. He, he did sell it very well that it wasn't that serious, at least the time that he was on the field. That was a, a very casual Achilles tear, Dennis. I, I will give you that. But, yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, I'm, it just sucks that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We're not going to get to watch him. We're not going – all of the offseason hype, the hubbubaloo that was Aaron Rodgers demanding a trade. He's going to be a Jet. Well, he's still technically a Packer. They haven't traded him. Well, I want to play for the Jets. And then he takes a couple of his receivers with him. One of the greatest memes right now that's going around that made me laugh is when Sam in Django Unchained, when Samuel Jackson's character is hugging Leonardo Caprio's character because he's dying. And it just says when Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb hugging Aaron Rodgers, knowing that if he's not playing, I'm not playing. (laughs) It's I don't know. It's just, it sucks. It sucks for football fans. I want to watch this experiment. And I am on record saying that somehow the Jets will figure out a way to implode. And it happened in four minutes. Dennis, you were Dennis, Dennis, you were asking about It's the most Jet thing to ever happen. Watching people on YouTube, YouTube videos of fans reacting, watching the barstool dweebs, watching their football team, and watching him collapse, being like, that's it. The season's over. What Dennis, else do we have? Dennis, let, let me ask you, because, like, again, like I said, I don't root for injury. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but I would never root for him to get injured. I would just root for him to lose. You said the Jets are your most hated team in the NFL, but you want to watch the Aaron Rodgers Jets experiment. I think this is amazing because Zach Wilson comes back. That's an experiment in itself. That guy yeah. has- 
That guy has to be ecstatic. Rob Sala has already said Zach Wilson's the guy. We already have our buddy Evan Roberts on the fan saying, you know what? He is the guy for the Jets, and we're going to suck for the rest of the year because Zach Wilson sucks. Those are diehard Jets fans on the on the fans saying that. I think this is going to be a more entertaining experience because I don't want the Jets to do good. What do I care? Who cares? It's not making it anymore. The Jets being terrible is going to be a more enjoyable experiment for me than seeing the Jets beat the lowly Patriots at this point yeah. with Aaron Rodgers yeah. I yeah. do not care. And, and I will say, and I will say, and I do not quote this man much, and and I don't watch his show much, but Shannon Sharp on that work, I turn on TV, he goes, the Jets should call Tom Brady. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now that is an experiment that I would love to watch. No, look, it. I'll give the mic over to Kyle because we haven't heard him yet, and I'll be quick. One, and Eli said this today when I was listening to him, Zach Wilson's the guy. To bring in another quarterback does that does not know the offense, does not know what they want to run. It would take too long to develop anything. The team would be worse off with someone besides Zach Wilson. So I'm in with Wilson running at quarterback. The problem here is they didn't suck on Monday night. That's the they problem. They won <laughs> in spite of Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make any person came in, they played an absolutely boring offensive game. Now, again, I have big problems with the Buffalo Bills. Big problems, specifically Josh Allen. He almost looked Daniel Jones esque, throwing a lot of balls that did not need to be thrown. The we're, fumble, we're, we're, the we're, fumble we're, in the fourth quarter where he fumbled the snap with my man James Cook standing next to him, who I only needed literally a carry from, ruined that whole drive. We'll get, we can get into that, Kyle, if you want. We'll no. there. You don't have to. <laughs> but. I have huge problems, but here's the problem. The Jets have a new offensive system, new offensive coordinator. They have a quarterback that they don't trust to do too much. He still makes a pass. What happens? They have an elite wide receiver in Garrett Wilson who makes one of the greatest catches we will see this season. We will be watching the highlight of that catch in January. And they also have, they added Dalvin Cook, and they did that to bridge the gap to get Brees Hall healthy and come back. And what does Brees Hall do? He only runs for 120 yards on 10 carries. They split the carries between the two, which means they don't have to overwork either back. And they can throw in Michael Carter whenever they want on passing downs. And there's the kicker. They might have the best or close to the best defense in the NFL. That's my problem. The Jets are not going to be as bad as some I, people think they're going to be. Defense is going to carry them. They're going to run the ball down your throat, think. and they will lose some games. Kyle. But if they make Zach Wilson into a game manager, a Brock Purdy-type guy where he does or hell, go back to Trent Dilfer on those Ravens teams where they don't. he doesn't have to do too much. I'm not saying you can win with an offense like that in today's NFL, but they are by no means going to win two, three football games this year. They will be in the running, and they will win more games than people think because of that defense, because of the way they will run the ball and control the clock. That's the biggest problem I saw Monday night. Uh, let me, a let person me... that hates the Jets and thinks, oh, they're going to suck now. Oh, they are not going to suck now. That was scary to watch what they did Monday night. I, I it, was, it wasn't that great of a game. But... Sorry for yelling. I feel like I'm yelling. And jo- Josh Allen, I, I've not seen you get that like heated even about the Giants. Because I don't like the Jets, and I th- here we go. Here comes a complete 
crumble. Here comes my Bills cover, my Allen over, my Diggs, my Cook touchdown. All of, all of them are coming. And what happened? I mean, I had another parlay with a Garrett Wilson. That's why. All right, all right. Let's bring we'll bring Kyle back into this, Kyle. And as I pass the mic over to you, I want to ask you one question right now to just start your thoughts on the Jets and Bills and Aaron Rodgers being done for the year. Is Aaron Rodgers is his career over? In your opinion? No, no, no. This dude is just a cold-blooded competitor. He's not going to let the last play of his Hall of Fame career be an Achilles tear. Like, he signed a multi-year deal with the Jets. You think he's just going to be like, meh, I'm going to hang it up. No, he's going to – he sees what that defense yes, is. <laughs> he's going to come right back next year, and he's going to be ready. And, I mean, yeah, he'll be a year older. I don't know what that does, you know, in terms of – his arm or whatever, but I think he's going to be a year older and a hell of a lot more motivated too to have to sit here and watch it. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe we can have some controversy. Maybe Zach Wilson gets to the playoffs, and then everyone says, "Well, maybe we shouldn't start Aaron next year." I don't know. I don't know. I'm all for that. But what I am not for is watching five Jet games in prime time with Zach Wilson at the helm. Because yeah, what you said, Dennis, is going to be all defense. Run the ball down your throat, and we're going to be asleep by the third quarter. That's what it's going to be. But I'm also just – I'm interested to see Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be different than what people remember him as. I think that, you know, being behind Rodgers all offseason – I don't know about you guys, but I watch Hard Knocks every week. And, of course, they show great things on camera, right? But I truly think it makes a difference when you sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and in that meeting room and learn how they prepare for a game, et cetera. And I just think that – you know, he might have learned some things here, and it might be a different Zach Wilson than what we saw last year. Um, I was already seeing that. Oh, he, he, look, look huh? at, I mean, look at, look at Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers, he's on the back end of his career. He he has two years at most, unless he tries to do some crazy Tom Brady crap. But Zach Wilson was left for dead. He's lucky he still has a position on that team. And now, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not thinking that Zach Wilson's sitting on the sidelines like, oh, Achilles tear. Here we go. Here we go. Like, I'm, I'm cheering for that. I don't think he's doing any of that. But can you – Zach Wilson has been giving the the greatest second chance that you could ever imagine. He has the starting job. The coach has announced he has the starting job. There is no player that the Jets have uh, – the Tom Brady thing is obviously a joke. There's no one that they are going to replace Zach Wilson with at this point. And not only is Zach Wilson now the Jets starting quarterback once again, but he has a much better team than he had the last time around. I Yeah, but I'd argue that I think he settled into the backup role and he was totally content with being a backup this year. And I quite frankly think he'd rather be a backup for the rest of this year because I think that he came out as a rookie and he got thrown into it. And he just was like a gunslinger out there with bad coaching, making stupid mistakes. And I think that he sort of matured in a way that he'd like to just learn some things and and watch a Hall of Famer go to work, right? Because there's some value in that. And I think that realistically, it may have been better for his career to sit this year behind Aaron Rodgers entirely because I'm not sure how I feel about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm really not because I think that Rodgers makes Hackett. I think that they were great in Green Bay, and that's how Hackett got his head coaching job. And then Rodgers goes to the Jets, and Hackett follows him to the Jets. And if you watch some of these clips really hard in, in training camp, 
Rodgers will react to a play call in the huddle, look back at Nathaniel and be like, what the hell are you calling that for? And it's like, it makes you think that, you know, Hackett's kind of a front man as the offensive coordinator, but Rodgers runs that offense, right? It's just like Peyton Manning ran his offense. It's just like Tom Brady ran his offense. Are they truly, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback like that with an IQ that is unfathomable by anybody else, like at the QB position, like that dude can see things before they happen just from being on the field. That is literally your coordinator sitting at the quarterback position. So is this guy really capable of calling plays in a game script and keeping the Jets in it and making smart decisions about Zach Wilson certainly doesn't have that experience and intelligence intelligence level yet. So like, he's not going to go out there and be like, I'm going to check out of that. Nathaniel. I don't think that's the right call. If Rogers does that, everyone says, okay, eight's the man. We'll listen to him. But if Zach Wilson goes off the rails and does that, it's a little bit of a different thing there. So I'm not sure that I believe he's really set up for success in this system. I'm, I don't think I believe well, in Hackett. I want to respond to that because I don't know about the setup for success thing, but an Aikman talked about this on that broadcast where that final drive where they only ran the football killing clock, they were already in field goal range. And he said, if Aaron Rodgers is at the helm of this offense right now, I don't, he doesn't fully believe that this game isn't already over that Aaron Rodgers is not running the football. Aaron Rodgers is throwing it. Aaron Rodgers is driving. They're going to get a touchdown on this drive. That's probably something that happens to your point, what you're saying they're changing the offense. He's changing things. There were and there were different times, even throws to Garrett Wilson with that famous back shoulder pass. We've watched it for years when Rodgers with was with Devontae. He was trying to develop that with Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson doesn't doesn't have that connection just yet. Taking the second team reps, where I'm worried, and again we're going to get to this in picks, and we'll see what happens with this team because this is the test this week. Dallas has a legit front. And if Dallas decides to, no, we're going to shut down the run game and we're going to make Zach Wilson beat us. If Zach Wilson beats us, tip, a, tip of the cap to the young man, hats off. But if he can't and he's slinging it around, throwing interceptions, and the Jets end up losing by 17, you might have a real problem on your hand. You have to, and I think they stay conservative, partially because they don't trust Wilson, partially because the offense isn't designed for Wilson, and you have to run the ball with the backs that you have in Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, who are two of the top backs in the league. And then you yeah. rely on your defense to make a stop, get the football back. Yeah. It's going to be and a I different story this week when they play Dallas, who has an e- – Buffalo Bills have – that defense is no slouch, but Dallas is on a different level. And I think yeah. a real answer as to how you can control this Jets offense. If you stop the run, make Zach Wilson beat you. If he can, it's what you're saying. This is, this is what I'm saying. This is a dangerous team. But Dennis. if I stop him, then it's what matters. It could be a disaster. Dennis, again, don't want to get into this, but let me ask you the same question. I started that with Kyle. Aaron Rodgers, I'm assuming, based on just kind of the tone of your voice, is Aaron Rodgers' career over? No, absolutely not. Okay. And I and I think, dude, the way he was welcomed into New York, the Rangers game, all that crap, like – I mean, they'll 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 wheel the guy in any any room he wants to because he's going to be in a wheelchair. Okay, that's the joke here. They'll reserve a little spot for him anywhere he wants in any stadium, any parking lot, whatever. We'll wait for you. You're our guy. This is not even if Zach Wilson takes them to a borderline playoff run into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. It's his job. This isn't a 
Trey Lance, Brock Purdy type deal. Trey Lance gets hurt. Brock comes in. Oh my God, look at Brock Purdy. Dennis. Brock Purdy's got a lot of ways. It's not the same situation. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like the, the Jets to put him like in the dun 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 four snaps. Dun 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 retire. I mean they'll hang a banner for his number right now. Yeah. Listen, I what I'm intrigued to is when he comes back out and he's on the sideline. That dude's wearing a headset. And I just want to know, I just want to know, is it gonna turn out that basically he's calling the place? Like, is he like going to run the offense from the sideline? Because I think that he's, like you said, Dennis, he loved the New York thing. You could see it. He was eating it up. He's like, oh, yeah, these people love me. This is, this is great. Different. Like, it's different. Wow, I mean, got, Green Bay's a football town. They love their football. New York's different, man. It's different. It's also, different. also he, he's, he's, I mean, he's older, but he's still, he got like a sense of rejuvenation. You, I don't yeah. know who he's dating, but he's dated all these A-list. He's at the parties. He's at the clubs. He's doing all this stuff. He's getting his... The, the paparazzi's taking he he's eating it all up. It's it's not Green Bay. He's in New York. And it, ma- yeah, I think it, it matters, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, in the, the offseason, him working with Zach Wilson, that matters. Totally. And when he comes back, he knows the role he's going to be in. It's going to be isolating. It's going to be lonely. The rehab, that's going to suck. But if he can mold Zach Wilson into a better quarterback for just a couple of months. Which we will see if he takes – that role because he didn't want that role in Green Bay with Jordan Love. Granted, but he's never been in this situation. I know different, different situation. I know that he, Zach Wilson was not drafted uh, on the same team as, as Aaron. I, I, I get that. I don't know if he's going to want that, but also, and I don't think you or Kyle or anyone could disagree with this. No one loves Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers loves. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So we will we will see about that, Dennis. Unless Maybe. you have any hard more hard hitting points, I want to get to the preview show. I'll give you five seconds if anyone has anything hard hitting that we have not gone over about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I think Dennis is right. I didn't get to say it before, but I think Dennis is right. I think the Jets are better than everyone thinks they are. Yes, with Rodgers, I think they would have won the games in a dominant fashion, and it would have been like, holy crap, these guys are good. I still think they're going to win games. It just won't be nearly as dominant as it would have been. And hot take, I know everyone loves Robert Sala. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Robert Sala, but we'll see what happens because I think the coaching is now going to matter more. I didn't think it was going to matter that much with Rodgers, but now they're going to be put in the positions where Sala is going to have to make these decisions, game management, all this stuff. And if he can't come up with the coaching and they lose games because of it, that will shift the whole New York thing. Because if Sala like blunders this, and then next year we're talking about he's on the hot seat. This thing has a whole different taste. So we'll see. No, how it turns I, I don't. Out. I don't think Jets. At least again, I listen to the fan, and and I think I listen to it when I know you get up really early. I know a lot of our Giants group chat goes to work earlier in the morning than I do, so I'm able to listen to more of the overnight programming, which is some of my favorites because you get the drunk guys yelling at the the like underpaid WFAN hosts. So that's they don't like Rob Sala either. Um, but all right, we, we we move on. We move on from Jets, Jets and, and Aaron Rodgers. Nuts that that happened. Um, move on. The Giants play Arizona. We got week two. We'll we'll get to the picks in a second. We'll all hand the mic over to Dennis, as they always do. Um, let let's start out. And I feel like me and Dennis already kind of talked about exactly what needs to happen. I mentioned the injuries. Darren Waller, 
questionable, which I think is just what they're going to say probably every week for the next month and a half. Um, and then I'll ultimately play knock on wood. Um, Graham Gano limited, but Brian Dable is saying for Sunday he'll be fine. Andrew Thomas did not practice. That doesn't seem good. We talked about Evan Neal. Uh, just uh, offensive line, we thought we made improvements. We have not seen that. Um, and we're playing a crap team that this needs to be a get-right game. Um, and my personal opinions, and I'll, I'll give you guys – uh, the mic for the analytics of it all. But it, it, I told Kyle, I told Dennis, it can't be we win in a last second field goal. It needs for, for Giants fans, for the NFL community to feel like the Giants have made improvements. This has to be a get right game. You got to do to Arizona what Dallas did to us. Those are my thoughts. You're the, you're the guest. I'll give it to you. Then Dennis has the floor after that. Yeah. Uh, what I find funny about your whole intro here is that every single player name out of your mouth was on the offense. And I agree. Yes. Oh, let's see what the offense can do. I'm actually my, – my confidence in the offense is not super high. I think the offense is, you know, because of the issues we've been talking about. What I'd really like to see is what the defense has because I truly feel 40 to nothing – gave everyone the impression that, oh, my God, they just scored at will. And in reality, you know, 14 of those are return points off of touchdowns and, you know, off of picks and field goals. And then the other hey, bunch right of points. Right yeah, out right out the gate. Right. But then a lot of the other points were turnovers and short field and mistakes, and the defense got put into bad positions, and they limited them to field goals. And then the one Cowboys touchdown drive that was legit, the Giants really, I still think, is a bogus call i think they really stopped them on third and long and banks got called for an absolutely horrendous pi which i do not believe in so to me what i'm really looking forward to is this defense feasting on the inferior cardinals offense like we are not going to get beat by josh Dobbs. we are just not going to and i think that what really excites me about this team is that Nobody's talking about it because of the scoreline, but I think that the Giants defense could take an enormous step this year with the infusion of talent that they have. And I think that signing, you know, Okereke in the offseason, great. But some other under-the-radar things have happened. Like now Micah McFadden, is you're playing your inside linebacker full-time. He led the team in tackles on Sunday. He was everywhere all over the field. Pinnock was promoted to starting safety, and he seems to look the role. Your best corner from last year, Dory Jackson, is not even your outside guy. He's your slot corner because you drafted two rookies. You drafted one in the first round in Deontay Banks, and you drafted one in the sixth round that you seem to have hit huge on because Trey Hawkins is all of a sudden a day one starter from the sixth round. Like, how often do you find that? Like, I think that and Xavier McKinney's back and healthy, and he looks good, and he was a absolute difference maker before the hand injury last year. And I think people forget that. I think this secondary can be pretty darn good. Like, yeah, not as good as that other New York team, probably the Jets. They have a really elite secondary that they've got a bunch of talent on. But I think that they could play a lot better than people think. And then when you talk about, okay, you know, you've got Dexter Lawrence, you've got Leonard Williams. I need to see Kayvon take that step this year. I need to see it. And it's huge for the team's success 
to get somebody on the outside to elevate and and just take over as that dominant pass rusher. Um, and you know, we signed, we tried to address our, our weakness last year with the run blocking, uh, with the with the run stuffing. You know, we got Nunes Roches and a couple other guys, and I, I am most excited to see the defense in a fresh game where they have a clean slate and they could go out and assert their dominance and say, we are the New York Giants defense. And, you know, the offense put together a couple of drives maybe, but I just want to see them dominate the Cardinals offense. And I think they will. I truly think they will. So, yeah, that's what, that's what me and Dennis, I mean, and we, we didn't necessarily sound confident because we did the show less than 12 hours after the Giants game wrapped up. I mean, we said, kind of echoing what you just said, what needed to happen, but we didn't have necessarily the amount of confidence saying it would happen. So, Dennis, to you, we talked about it. Now we're uh, two days, two and a half days removed from you and I talking after that abysmal loss. Again, we get a team that we're better than, we know we're better than. Your your initial thoughts on, obviously we know it needs to happen, it's it's not rocket science here, but what I mean out out the gate, what do the Giants need to do? We know defend. We know they need to score, but what needs to be something? Who needs to step up immediately to set the tone and send a message? Imagine trying to win a game and not scoring. It's like my man Herm said: you play to win the game. If you're cool with it too, after my uh, little soliloquy here. Roll right into picks and make the, we'll just start with the Giants. I feel like that's the way to go here. Yeah, you nay, maybe. Yeah, I, I'd just like to say, though, I'm not all, right. all in. I'm not all in on the offense, okay? I'm not well, like, oh, my confidence is not there with the offense. And uh, I think it's going to take a couple weeks with all this personnel. So I'm not saying that we're going to go have a offensive explosion. I don't know what we're going to do on offense. I don't know. We might have one touchdown drive. But I do think that the defense is going to be there to play on Sunday. That's and what I feel it, the way Kyle started and obviously the, what he just said is why I wanted to roll into picks when we get through this, because I think the pick segment will be very interesting because this is a six point spread in favor of the Giants. The Giants <laughs> have to win, yeah. win by a touchdown to cover. This is a team a that the, the only team in the NFL that had did not score a point last week needs to win by an entire touchdown to cover this. Yeah, spread. that's crazy. Like, uh, and, like you can read into that what you will. We'll get into that. When we get into picks, but you said I 100% agree with agree with Kyle. This is going to be a dogfight, and I said week one that the game would be one in the trenches against Dallas, and we completely got manhandled in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. I think the defense is ready to eat, eat. I think this Cardinal offense is not that good. I had red zone on for the majority of the day because I did not care about watching an individual game week one other than the Giants, and honestly the Jets and the Bills, but that was Monday night. But that Sunday slate, there wasn't a game that jumped out to me like, ooh, I want this game on. So jump when they jumped back and forth to the Washington-Arizona game, it was it's a close game, but I don't know. How much do you read into it? Is it? It's week one. How good is Washington? I think they're, Sam Howell only had one start under his belt. I thought he looked very good. They have some weapons on offense. I don't know how much they want to run the ball. It's a new coaching staff in Washington. I like. There's a lot of unknown there. For Arizona, make the same argument. New coaching staff, weapons have are gone. They have some guys. They have a James Connors, a decent running back. Hollywood Brown is a solid one 
one B receiver. I think he's better with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins like last year, but you're running quarterback with a guy who didn't play quarterback last year much, if at all in the regular season. So I don't know how much to make of it. And six points is a lot. And I'm worried about the giants offense. So I think this statement game, I think you got to be happy with like a 17, seven win. And that's if the giants Mm -hmm. defense comes out and dominates and we could be getting lucky and looking at a defensive score. If the giants are going to dominate, run up the score. And the average fan is looking at the scoreboard on ESPN Sunday night or on America football, whatever the hell that NBC pregame show is called uh, with the gorgeous Maria Taylor replacing Dan Patrick. She's hot, man. She's awesome. She's good at her job, and she's hot. I'm not a fan of Jason Garrett being in the studio. <laughs> he's kind of just whatever. He's very vanilla. He's very vanilla in the studio. I'm sorry. Bring back Rodney. Bring back Tony. I digress. Uh, but I just don't think that I, just, I can't see the Giants offense coming out here and Saquon ripping off buck 20. You know what I mean? I don't see Daniel Jones throwing for over 200 yards, maybe 200 all-purpose yards, runs the ball a little bit. But I want to see a bit of the Giants offense grow from last year. And I'm talking last year regular season because, and I didn't even think about this, but either some podcast or some show said it, the Giants in their last two games have been outscored like 75 to 7 or 6 or something like that, whatever they scored against Philly. It's not good playing the Eagles and then playing Dallas. And those are the teams that you measure yourself against in the division. Those are the last two pillars of what the giants can build on. And each result is not good. So I'm kind of worried what this offense looks like. And I agree with Kyle, just be patient, give it time. This is a perfect opportunity to get some confidence. Lord knows you need it. Because in four short days afterwards, you're facing a team that's a perennial Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. You better be ready for that one. <laughs> and then after that, you come back home for a Monday night against Seattle, who could be in a very similar situation to you. Matt, we talked about this on Monday. So, yes, I agree with what Matt is saying. This is absolutely a must win. Because if you don't win this game, you could find yourself 0-4 going into October. That is not ideal. And I don't know. Dennis starts to check out, and I, that would be a terrible. It'd be a terrible year. I barely watched any of the Yankees. Now I'm not going to watch the Giants. Don't do this to me. I don't. I don't mean to throw this this out there, but how Giants would it be if the Giants lose to Arizona and then beat San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, not happening. I don't even know if you would call that Giants. That doesn't make any sense. That would be the most Giants thing I've ever seen in my life. If the Giants go zero two, losing Arizona, and then just beat the Niners out of the building. That would be Listen. the Giants thing I've ever seen. It won't, won't happen. It will not happen. But that would be a great example of, of what would happen with the Giants. So I think we're – I think we got – they have to win. It's it's And it's, it's good that the Giants have this matchup. I'm expecting a heavy population of Giants fans in the building – it's a it's a building that has done well for the Giants in the past, and Arizona is just a team that's you know you you guys talked about the Washington game, Kyle. I told Dennis on the last show, Washington was the better team, not by much, 
but Arizona had a very good chance to win that game. So a turnover here and there, who knows? But the Giants, it's it's there's no they have to they have to win. There's no and look and look like you're saying win convincingly. This uh, I'm saying dogfight. Kyle said defense feast it. I'm not saying dog do fight. Know, do you know what other game is on at the same time as this game? What? Do you know what other game kicks off the same time Giants Cardinals does? Cowboys Jets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So nobody is going to be paying attention to the Giants. Good. Good. We don't exactly. need to. Do <laughs> I, I agree with Kyle. I agree with Kyle. Good. We like Good. that. Exactly. I agree. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our that's uh we we talked uh the post show uh the Cowboys. We got Kyle in there, we got the pre-show and the Cardinals. There's only one thing left to do. We talked about Aaron Rodgers uh and the Jets uh and Zach Wilson carrying the baton. Again, only one thing left to do. That's why I send it over to Dennis Vincey with the Matt and Dennis picks. Dennis, take it away. NFL picks with Matt and Dennis. We're starting with the Giants. We're not just going to wait till the end. We're starting with the Giants here, okay? Giants, six-point favorites on the road, Arizona. We said what they need to do. We know what they need to do. They need to score points. That's literally how you win football games. I'm going to give – do you want me to – I'm going to give the guest the pick. Kyle, you can start. You're the guest. We'll start with you. Six points, man. That's a touchdown. The Giants need to they need to cover by what they didn't do a week prior. Dennis, Dennis, uh, just to be clear, I'm seeing uh, it's minus five and a half. Five and a half. Which that's, side do you want? That's on, yeah, our, yeah. on the ESPN app right now. It's seeing minus five and a half. I am on FanDuel. Let me refresh. I have six. I'll double yeah, check. You, I'll go to you're draft. You get lines everywhere. Yeah, just you got to pick your platform and roll with it. If it's six, we're rolling with six. It doesn't matter. I'm taking them to win by six. Oh, DraftKings has five and a half as well. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. What do you I'll want to go with? We'll go. We'll go to MGM as the uh, cider. But go ahead, Kyle. Continue. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking them to win by six, and I think that it's because the Cardinals might not score a touchdown, or they might score one touchdown, and that's it. I really think that it's going to be a start to finish defensive showcase. I mean, we're talking Josh Dobbs here. Uh, the guy, he's, he's not cut out to be a starting NFL quarterback. And I think that, you know, you talk about weapons. Okay, cool. You guys have Zach Ertz, who you threw like 10 times to three yards from the line of scrimmage. That's not really a weapon. And then you've got Rand- Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown. But I think that the secondary I just highlighted can handle those guys. And I think they're going to bracket them and play them well. And I think that even if Marquise Brown runs an excellent deep post route, Josh Dobbs can't hit him. So, I think that we just have to get in their face and beat them. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't think the Giants are going to score that much. I'm with you, Dennis. I think it could be like 20 to seven, and I think we got to be okay with that. But no matter what, I think it's more than six points, and I think we win. <laughs> Matt, I'll let you go second. I'm going to agree with Kyle Barron there. I think the Giants, uh, Giants get the points, uh, and really sounds like a cop out because they don't have a choice. They, they. They absolutely have to get the points. Dobbs, to Kyle's point, is not an NFL quarterback. Giants got to be playing pissed off. Uh, 
there's just no other choice. And and I'm glad that the Giants are playing a team like the Arizona Cardinals because if we lost that game the way we did and had to play another team, obviously the Cowboys are – I put them in the top ten of the NFL right now. If we had to play another team that was in the top ten and then potentially risk going 0-2, especially with the injuries, we'd be in trouble. Regardless of the injuries, the Giants will still be okay against this Arizona offensive line and defensive line. Daniel Jones gets a get-right game. Giants get a get-right game. They take the points. Go Giants. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you literally said it. Because they have to. Like That's the only reason I'm taking the Giants. This number scares the hell out of me. I don't care if it's six. I don't care if it's... We're rolling with five and a half, by the way, folks. Put in five and a half. Two out of the three betting sites that I pulled up had five and a half. That's what we're rolling with. So six does cover. We will not get a push. They win by two field goals. I'm taking it solely on the fact that, yes, I don't... I can't even say I don't believe the Giants can hold Arizona to uh, a, a touchdown. It, it's going to be close. I just hope that it's not. In the, I think the Giants are a better all-around football team than Washington is. And Arizona was close to that. But let's even if you give the Giants a three-point break, they're covering this spread, given what the score was in, with the Commanders and Cardinals last weekend. So I'll take the Giants there. I really don't like it, but I will take it. Um... Also, because I forgot to mention before we had started, the great Greg Castelli is leading picks currently at 5-2. and two. He locked the Dallas Cowgirls last weekend, had a hell of a week, went 4-2. The lock, obviously, everybody gets you an additional point. Myself, Matt, Kyle, Greg, and Steven Salvo hit their locks. Mr. Mike Osa, Nick Burns, Ellis did not because they all locked Buffalo. Standings are as followed. Greg at 5-2. and two. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, <laughs> Salvo and Kyle and Matt at four and three. Uh, Ellis is at three and three. I am at three and four. I had a rough week, two and four. Luckily, I locked Philly to get that bonus point. Nick, rough week, one and five, locked Buffalo, no bonus point. Moving on to game two, other New York team, Jets, Cowgirls, Dallas, nine and a half point favorite, folks. You know what? I'm actually going to double check this. Because this was from FanDuel. Let's double. Nope, nine and a half. Minus minus nine. Minus nine. I have nine and a half from FanDuel and DraftKings. We're rolling with nine and nine and a half. Who's home? Who's home? Dallas is home. I'm I'm taking. I'm here. I'll I'll just jump right in. It's giving me minus nine. I'm taking the Jets to cover. Um, I mean that performance. I think Zach Wilson's going to do well. The Jets are better than the Giants. I freaking hate to say it. And, and I think Zach Wilson as a newborn, like, he, he he's going to go off. I'm expecting him to go off, have a good game against Dallas. There might be some garbage time points, which is kind of what I'm expecting. But if, if Dennis, if what you're seeing, you're saying you're seeing minus nine and a half, I, I, I'm not buying into the Cowboys as much as a minus 10 on the Jets who are about a team than the Giants. I'll take my chances to get ahead of the game in the Matt Dennis Podcast League. I will take the Jets to cover. Kyle, I'll go ahead of you just because I agree with Matt. I'm with the Jets. I already told you. They scare the hell out of me, given what I saw Monday night. This is going to be a defensive game. It's going to be close. I don't think we see some sort of a blowout. Maybe we do. I think this is a bit of a reaction, an overreaction from what you saw Dallas do on Sunday night and then what you saw the Jets do. On Monday night, okay, the Jets are good. This could easily be. I mean, if it was an Aaron Rodgers game, maybe we're talking six, six and a half. But maybe the Jets get the benefit of the doubt with that win. 
But, I mean, Mano, nine and a half points. I, from what you saw that Jets defense do, what they did to Josh Allen, come on, Dak Prescott played in how many games last year and threw 15 interceptions? Don't that tell was- me they can't. They're not capable of turning him over. Kyle, Dennis just dropped the New Haven on my own. On my own. <laughs> I got to, man. There's no Italians down here. You know what I mean? I got to keep it going. But yeah, I'm, I'm all over the Jets for nine and a half. I, I, I love this number. I love this number. Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, this is boring. I'm also going to take them for nine and a half because not it's because... It's a big number. <laughs> yeah, it's a big number. I just think that this game is going to be lower scoring because both teams have good defenses. And even when you have good quarterback play, defense usually prevails. That's why when we get to the playoffs, the games are usually lower scoring because the teams are just... They're gritty, and they know how to make stops and make plays when it counts. I think the Jets' defense is going to do that. Um, you know, do I think they're going to win the game? Not sure. I mean, they definitely have a shot to win the game. If they do what they did last week and make plays on special teams and defense and do all that stuff, sure, they can win any game. Um, and, yeah, I think that it's a bit of an overreaction. And I think, like you said about about Dak, even at home, I don't know. I think that, yeah, the Jets could, could cover this number. And, Brees Hall, you know, next week he's probably not going to let anybody catch him. So, boy, to what Kyle Kyle just said, like we expect a defensive game. Put this into perspective: the Giants are a six-point favorite, the Jets are nine and a half-point underdogs. The yeah. over/under in the Giants-Cardinals game is forty. The over/under in the Cowgirls-Jets game is thirty-eight and a half. Really? So they're expecting wow. a similar type game, yet one team is supposed to win by ten points. I don't know where they get the where they get their numbers from. You know what I mean? They're smarter than us, obviously. They I don't know, but they're always right. So they're yeah. always right. <laughs> now, tradition on the podcast, I can go to the Sunday night game. The, the Sunday night game does feature one of the local teams. We usually do Giants, Jets, Patriots. But do either of you already have your pick for this week? Because we can roll with one of those first. I and have my pick. Sunday night. I have my pick. All right, Matt, go ahead. What do you, what do you got for us? Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals, who, to Kyle's point, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were one of the most embarrassing games of, at least for a team, Joe Burrow. Granted, coming off of an injury, we get that. I don't think that played a factor. I think they were going to lose no matter if Joe Burrow was healthy or not in that game. Credit to the Cleveland Browns last week. Credit to the Baltimore Orioles last, or the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens last. Credit to the Baltimore Orioles, too. Also credit <laughs> to the Baltimore Orioles. They've, they've been amazing. But no, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, comeback game. Cincinnati has a minus three and a half spread on the Ravens. Give me the Bengals to cover. Again, it's one of those games, like we said, Dennis, and you agreed with me. They have to cover and they have to win because they don't have a choice. So... I'm expecting big things from Joe Burrow. I will expect the Cincinnati Bengals to cover against Baltimore. Go ahead, Kyle. So Cincinnati, what's the line that you're going with? Three and a half? Minus Cincinnati, three and a half. Yeah, Cincinnati's favored by three and a half. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens to cover that. I think that the Ravens are a very good football team. Um, is this, this is in Cincinnati, but I think the Ravens' defense will show up. I think Lamar will play well. The Bengals defense gave me no reason to believe in anything last week um, after what they let, you know, Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb do. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think that they will continue to march on. And the Ravens, going deeper into the season, will continue to tell everybody that they are going to be reckoned, you know, forced to be reckoned with in the AFC. I'm I'm totally on board with Kyle. Hundred percent, Baltimore minus three and a half. This division, I think, is going to be much better than maybe people gave it credit for at the beginning of the season. And again, it's the Cincinnati. I don't know what they're looking at. Where I know you play a tough game. Joe Burrow was like one and four against the Browns coming into that game. Wet, muddy. He didn't play in the preseason, but they look like doo-doo. And the Browns looked really, really good. The Ravens didn't look great against Houston, and I picked Houston to cover last weekend because ten was a big number. So, it's week one, it's unknown, but hey, let, let's let's not get it mixed up. I mean, Cincinnati looked bad, and they deserve to get all the criticism. But also, Cleveland should get credit for how much better they have looked. I don't think that was a, a, a fluke. Cleveland is improving. I no, I I agree, and that's why I'm saying I think this division is going to be very tough to bet this like this year and three and a half is a lot and i just think it's going to be close and remember i don't know if he's going to play week two but baltimore didn't have mark andrews and zay flowers burst onto the scene lamar jackson might start having some weapons i don't know what the running game is going to look like now with no jk dobbins but you have lamar jackson do you really need a stud running back if jk dobbins is considered a stud running back who the hell knows but yeah i like in a divisional game like this i like baltimore four points this is a field goal mm-hmm. game. I can't imagine mm-hmm. it not being a field goal game. They may also yeah. have Andrews this week. That's why I said yeah. I don't know. It's Which, no, that would, that would be huge for their offense. It would. Um, and I, I don't think they need too, a keep mind, Part of this, too, and I, I don't remember if Kyle was in this last year or not, but you got to go out on a limb a little bit to get a oh, little bit. 100%. Come on, Matt. If anyone's going to go out on a limb, it's your boy. Yeah, as you hit, you haven't yet. You've been you've been very conservative so far, Dennis. I mean, I took Houston ten points last week over ball. That was the only. Well, Nick did too. And ten points. Number one fan. Yeah, that's and that's why you believe in the Ravens. <laughs> Either way, Mateo, do you have your pick? Otherwise, I'm going to lay mine out. Wait for which one? You get to pick a game. No, that you that just one did that one. I didn't. Oh, that was your game. I'm sorry, Kyle. Do you have your game? Was Ravens? Bengals. I want to make it an interesting one, but part of me is debating Chiefs Jags, but I'm just afraid that everyone's going to go Chiefs. Uh, The other one I'm debating is the rookie battle of Colts Texans to see which rookie quarterback you believe in, and it's only a one point spread. So to me, that's kind of yeah. Which I'd be interested to see. You know who people believe in more. The, ir- the, ir- the irony is that Kyle was like trying to get us to do the show earlier, and now it's almost like eleven o'clock at night. I was about to say like we're just what well, still still doesn't have a team <laughs> pushing a two-hour podcast here. But hey, and also if you want to go AFC South route, Anthony Richardson a little questionable this week. We don't always get he left that game yeah. last weekend with his injury. Can't I'm just play. saying, I'm just He'll saying, play. 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 So is that what you're rolling with? I don't know. Do you, do you like that one? I the like rookie battle. Why? What was your pick? I'm curious. I look well. I go with the numbers that I love, and I love Cleveland getting or Cleveland having points at Pittsburgh. Right? Cleveland's a favorite. Or uh, Pittsburgh's. Cleveland has minus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like everyone's gonna pick Cleveland, so that's boring to me. Oh, I'm picking the Steelers. Are you nuts? No way. Home Are dog? you? 
The Browns are not the 49ers. Oh, I'm locking it in right now. We're doing this right now. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Steelers getting two points against Cleveland Monday night. Matt, we complained about this in our preview show. Well, I complained about it. Why we don't have the doubleheader Monday night football. We got just Jets Bills. We're not even getting a double double header. We're getting a simultaneous game. We're getting a 7 o'clock and an 8 o'clock kick. It makes zero sense. But give me the Steelers all day. I don't care if Deontay Johnson is hurt. Home game, they bounce back. Mike Tomlin, this is not. They got bamboozled by a Super Bowl perennial perennial Super Bowl team. The Browns are not a perennial Super Bowl team. Give me the Steelers all day with this. Was, I, when Matt picked Cincy Baltimore, there was one that I was looking at. I said this for a reason. This is going to be a very tough division to pick. Everyone's hyped up on the Browns. Do not discredit what the Steelers are going to do this season. That is still a good defense. That is still a, de- a defense that will turn the football over. There are enough weapons on offense. It's going to be a gross game. It's going to be close. Give me Pittsburgh. I want to know, do we get red zone for this? For two games simultaneously on a Monday night? <laughs> well, I mean, one's on ABC and the other one's yeah. on ESPN. Like, it, it, I don't know. I don't know why they did it, because they usually do one time slot East Coast team, one time slot West Coast team, and give you one 7 o'clock and one 10 o'clock, but they chose to do this. They're the NFL, and they do what they want. Wait, uh, uh, yeah, Kyle, did you say the Browns covering? Oh, well, yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess I, I was just shocked, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go that the, the Browns covered this thing. Um, I think that, you know, the Steelers are... Are, they're definitely a good team, and I think I believe in Mike Tomlin, and he's like somehow scrapped his way to 500 seasons, no matter what, even after last year. Um, but I think missing Deontay Johnson is bigger than you're stating it is. I think that now, yeah, okay, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, maybe they have a connection. Pickens is a great receiver, but you're asking what Allen Robinson to step into the number two? I just I don't. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see it. Um, and I think that, you know, Nick Chubb is is going to do what Nick Chubb does. He's going to have a solid game on ground. He's going to move the sticks and they're going to put themselves in good uh, field position. And, you know, if Miles Garrett plays like he did last week, that's Miles Garrett is looking at, you know, potential front runner, I think, for defensive player of the year coming up this year. He's just that talented, that good, as long as he stays healthy. You, and got, the other guy, you got the other guy on the other side of the football, TJ Watt. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The, the Browns I'm, don't have the Niners offensive line. Come on. They do not, but they still have pretty good. Although they did just lose their right tackle in the last game for the year. They just lost Jack Conklin for the year, the Browns did. Um, so, yes, I will give you that. But, I and I know it's a divisional game, it's at home, and you're going to take the gritty Under Steelers. The lights, those stupid yellow towels waving a million <laughs> miles in the air. They are Can't quite terrible. It? Pittsburgh's on. <laughs> I'm taking money line, too. I might even lock this. This might even be my lock. We'll see. Wow, lock? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Kyle, the Browns. I'm, Kyle, I'm all with you. Give me the Browns. The exact same reasons. We're not going to rehash it. I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm all in, and I have a game up on Dennis. Uh, if I remember correctly from Dennis running through those uh, standings, I'm I'm completely with Kyle Barron right now. And I love the Cleveland Browns. I love the city of Cleveland. Sign me up. All right, well, I, split, I split the hosts on the last two picks, so see what well, happens. Are you rolling end. with your AFC out? You need your pick before we get to the Sunday night game. 
You what, me? With... Yeah, you were yeah. rolling with Houston and... Uh... Oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll do that game. We'll use that game. Well, no, we need one more. Everybody gets a pick. That's my pick. Oh. So what game do you want? Five games. All right, then. We do six total games. Six total. Okay. Six well, then I guess I... Uh... I don't know. Chiefs Jags is more intriguing to me. It's a more exciting game. So, uh, what line do you have? Three and a half, Kansas City. I believe so. Yes. If I do my little scroll up here, oh nope, that scroll down. Minus, minus yeah, three and, and a half. half. It's in half Jacksonville. Half. In Jacksonville, minus three and a half, Kansas City. So road favorites by more than a field goal. Home dog, man. Give me, give me. I'll, I'll take the Chiefs taking the points. You're taking Chiefs and points, huh? Oof. Dennis? I don't know. <laughs> Dennis, 80%. You know they're, they're hot, man. They're hot. I'm rolling Kansas City. Four points. This is a field goal game. I know the Chiefs got to come out. They're going to make a statement. But guess what? I, I know Travis Kelsey will be back. But outside of Travis Kelsey, who do they got? When I look over that Jacksonville sideline, Zay Jones looked very good. Calvin Ridley is clearly back. Calvin Ridley's back. Travis Etienne, my boy. I, I like Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville to cover the number. Four, it's four and a half? Four and a, three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, three and a half. I'm sorry. You're right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, and I feel so, I, I feel. I got to roll with the home dogs. I mean I gotta, this, I gen- Dennis, and I mean this genuinely, and I and I feel bad for Jack. There, Jacksonville is no home dogs. It's going to be 80% Chiefs fans. Likewise, <laughs> when I was there for the Giants game. That's 80- different, Matt. Everybody that's in New York retires, they go down south. No, it's Everybody not. Everybody that retires from Kansas City goes to Jacksonville. There, there are no Jacksonville fans. There's like 10% Jacksonville fans. No, there were no Jacksonville fans in that for that playoff game last year? Poo on you, sir. Poo on you. There were Jacksonville fans. I want Duval. Dennis, come down. We'll go there together. For the win. Duval. And remember when they Jackson. got a... When not, they didn't get evicted, but they got a uh, big health code violation because they found dead rats behind the concession stands. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying the stadium is. And it was. It was two weeks after. Here. It was two weeks after I went there for the Giants Jacksonville game. No, it was, it was all Giants fans. It was amazing. I, I mean, I'd, I'd feel terrible if I was like born and raised in Jacksonville. And any time a team from the northern part of the country comes down there, we're outnumbered. No, but so, Jack. So, so that's what you're basing this off of. They got rats in the stadium, and they might have some <laughs> older. They might have some older retirees that are in the stadium. That's what you're basing your pick off of right now. No, about? I'm picking my base off, or picking, or, or basing that pick off of that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, and they're gonna wreck him, and they'll get that. Uh, look what at about T Law? So, Matt, you went Chiefs. Dennis, you went Jags. I am going to roll with the Chiefs. I think that they're going to get themselves right. And I think they're going to win this I already game. even wrote uh, your pick. I didn't even have to wait for you to answer. I knew where you were going. Yeah, you know? All right. Well, I also think that, you know, I, th- I think that the Jags, they came out hot. And, yes, they're going to be a good team. Chris Jones just re-signed his deal with the Chiefs. And I think that... He's going to make a difference. He's going to be back on the D-line next week, and that's going to be a big difference for them. And if Kelsey comes back, that's arguably their biggest offensive and defensive difference makers. And I think that if you add both those guys each side of the ball, plus Andy Reid's coaching, plus Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, I think that 
you know, they they might not be like the Jags might be in control of this game for, you know, part of this game, maybe a majority of this game. But I think in the end, they're going to take it from them. I think that Mahomes and Reed are going to take it from them at the end. They, granted, they could find somebody to catch a ball. Of course, if Kelsey comes back, that's great. Uh, hope Kadarius Tony catches nothing and everybody else gets all the points. <laughs> what a loser. Dennis, Dennis, do you have those, uh, the standings readily available again? Just really quick. I do. They're up currently. I'm putting in our picks as we go. It is the uh, Greg Castelli by himself, 5-2, and two, and then Kyle, Salvo, and Mateo at 4-3. and three. I'll give, I guess, Ellis because he has the lower losing percentage at 3-3. Three and three. I am 3-4. and four. Nick at one and five. All right. Well, I think that's uh, we we got our picks in. Well, we're well, not done. You got to do, gotta do that New England. Yeah. So we'll and I'm starting. And I'm starting. Miami minus three at England Sunday night. Give me the pass. <laughs> it ain't happening. Back to back weeks. They looked stellar. I know the conditions were kind of bad. Were rainy, windy. Blah, blah, blah. I understand that. But the Pats defense looked real good. And I'm sorry. Mac Jones throwing the football over 50 times, completing over 30 completions in that game against a Philly team that's supposed to be Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. They are a play away from possibly winning, if not tying that ball game, when their wide receiver gets only one foot down, one Kayshawn Boutte, LSU, gets pushed out of bounds, just didn't have the wherewithal, ball wasn't there. They looked real good. And Miami, look, they burned me last week. I was all over the Chargers. Typical, though, Chargers do what the Chargers do. The 60-minute clock starts rolling on CBS, and the Chargers are going to lose that football game. That's just what happens. It's unfortunate. It sucks. One of the better games we will probably see all year long. That over-under was at 51. Both teams scored well over 30. Highly entertaining game. Hats off to everything Miami did. New England is not the Los Angeles Chargers. They have a much different defense. A night game at Foxborough. Bill Belichick. Hats off to what Tua did. It's going to be a lot more difficult to do that in England. I'm rolling with the Pats, man. They're not getting trumped as home dogs back-to-back weeks. I can't see it. I can't envision it. But if they do, it'll point out what I did in our NFL preview show where the Pats finished in last place in this division. So, but I'm still rolling. <laughs> Pats. Rolling. Pats. All right. With the line is at what? Minus three. Minus three. No, wait, minus three Miami. All right, let's go. If you want to lean back and sit it back. All right. All right. Fine. You took too long. Give me the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> like, not even a question. Um, sure, Dennis. I, I don't disagree with anything they said. It's going to be two completely different teams. But the Miami Dolphins are a lot better than they were, say, a year ago, a year and a half ago. I think the Chargers... They made the playoffs last year, Matt. No, I know that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'll take the Chargers over the New England Patriots. Any day, I, I credit the New England Patriots for what they did against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think, to your point, Dennis, on our last episode, it wasn't as much the Patriots as it was the Eagles having a sloppy game. The Miami Dolphins are looking better and better. Mike McDaniels, who's a freaking goofball. Give him credit. Give him credit. I didn't think he was the type of leadership, uh, or he could fill that leadership role. 
But give me the Miami Dolphins. I will I will take that. I will take that spread any day of the week. I think it is their time. The Buffalo Bills look weak. The Jets, questionable. The Patriots, their time is done, at least as a, a leader of that division. Not to say they can't like, they can't get back to the playoffs. Obviously they did. But that's what I'll say. Give me the Dolphins. I I, I think they are on the way up. So I'm glad you let me and, 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 and I hope you guys can be there, but I know you won't be. They're going to kick our ass in a few weeks. I'm glad you let me think about it because my initial reaction would be exactly what you said. Oh, yeah, duh, Dolphins, right? Dolphins, they're great. They're, they're, they scored so many points. Two of them went through for 500 yards. They're awesome, right? But wrong. I'm with Dennis. Whoa! Because it's Sunday night football. It's in Foxborough. It's Bill Belichick. If you think this guy is going to come out and man-to-man Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and say, you know, put our guys on your guys and we're going to come at No, this guy's going to play some zones. He's going to play some disguise blitzes. And Tua isn't just going to be able to sit back there and bomb it over the top. And I also he think... Yes, yes, he will. Yes, I he don't think so. Because he's going to have pressure in his face and Judon's going to be on him with his red Bill, sleeves. Bill Belichick had the... Bill Belichick... Hey, 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 hey my picks. My picks. <laughs> Bill Belichick had the greatest group of guys around him at all times. He doesn't. Listen, listen, the Bill O'Brien offense is a much different offense than we're used to on New England. We think of New England's offense. We think of Mac Jones. We think of last year. This they're going to throw the ball a lot more, like we saw. But in this case, they're also smart, and I think that they're going to slow the game down. They're going to run the ball, and they're not going to get into a track meet like the Chargers did. You try to get in the track meet against the Dolphins, you're going to lose. You're going to control the ball, control the clock, keep Tyreek Hill on the sideline, which I don't want him to do because he's on my fantasy team, so I really need him to get 200 yards a week. But I do think the pass pull this one out at home. So I'm riding with Dennis. Love it. All right. We need locks, gentlemen. Uh, I don't know if you remember exactly what you said, which team you want to go to. Oh, um, I know. Okay, go, go ahead, Kyle. What do you got? as well i'm locking the g man you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up lock it up oh boy <laughs> did you well, say as well matt you're locking the g man as well go big blue lock me the g man you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up lock it up oh boy that I oh <laughs> I don't know about that. See, I'm com- I'm conflicted. I don't know if I want to go Pittsburgh, New England. I trust New England a little bit more, but I don't know. I'm so amped with this Steeler game. I'm locking Pitt. I'm taking the Steelers. That's a mistake. You, you're doubling down. I wrote Pitt twice. Got to write. Got to write lock there. You know. Oh, oh, you I'm just too to, excited. How you have to admire the ballsiness of that, and also the fact that this show was going to take an hour, and it's been like an hour and a half. Yeah, we're pushing two I, hours at this point, Matt. I give, the, you, I give the floor to you. That, that's it for picks, folks. We are done. The Jets. Why don't you lock the Jets? That's my other team to lock. But I was gonna lock them, but I just one or two. One of two things is going to happen in that game. It's going to be really close, and people are going to be like, "Oh my god, the Jets might be for real with Zach Wilson," or they're going to get reamed. And it's going to be like, oh, my God, Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl? Can you imagine yeah. first take that next day with Shannon Sharp calling Stephen A. Smith skip over and over again? Skip, <laughs> skip, skip. All right. We will. We will. <laughs> You've seen Sorry. those videos, right? 
They're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, and and also a shout out to uh, Brian Dable, who was accused by Michael K. Of yeah, having, I can't it. We could do this show. We could do four hours on this episode. Having having a rager at his house the night before, but it turned out and Michael K is on his stupid show because I mean he's on the Yankees payroll, so he can't say he's on the Yankees show saying Brian Dable, how dare he do this? How dare he have a party the night before the game? A rager playing all the music. It was his son's sixth birthday party. Anywho. We'll we'll leave that. Uh, Michael K also um, did not really acknowledge that, at least on Twitter. Apparently, announced a, an apology. But oh look, well. and I say, and good on K releasing the apology, and I'll leave it as much. It wasn't on his Twitter account. Was well, not on his Twitter account. Where do you announce the apology? Just in on his show? Apparently, I don't know if he called him because oh. I went to right. K's Twitter today, and all he did was retweet Art Stapleton that said. It was Brian Dable's son's sixth birthday party. But Michael K did not post anything on Twitter, which is checks out for Michael K. I mean, just whether he cared or not about he saw one person, one source, whatever it was. Oh, Brian Dable had a party the night before the game, blah, blah, blah. Even if it was the night before the game, they played at night. They weren't getting up to play a one o'clock kick. It's, I, I don't know. It Look, what you said we in the beginning of the episode, and I just want to leave final comments with this. We have... We've laid all trust out for the Shane and Dable regime, and they've never given us any doubt on to question them. And obviously, coming off that week one loss, you question them. The emotion that we saw from Brian Dable last season and those wins and that excitement we hadn't seen from a head coach on a giant team like this. And I think we know he's the guy to turn this ship around. And I think it starts this week. I think you will see a different giant team this week. Again, we both already said it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be closer than people. You're not blowing out Arizona. I don't think that's going to happen because what Kyle and I said it, the offense isn't there yet, but this will be a different giant team, a fundamentally right giant team. There will not be the miscues. They will get it right because of the character that Brian Dable has and the culture he is building within this organization. I that's, that's the biggest takeaway, I think, coming into the And if we don't see it, I'll hit you with it again. Motto. We're, you know, we're in trouble. But on a minute. And you know what? I think our, our expectations are in check because I think if the Giants show up, granted, it's it's not the Cowboys, not the Eagles. But if we show up and we beat the crap out of the Arizona Cardinals, we'll all be having drinks. We'll all be partying. We'll all be texting positive vibes in the group chat. We'll be doing, we'll be doing all of that. Um yeah, no, no, it was just funny. That was it was his sixth or his uh, son's sixth birthday party. Anywho, we will leave that be. Um, we want to thank again our guest Kyle Barron, good friend of the show, uh, good friend of ours. Uh, Giants as of this year, I think first year Giants season ticket holder. Yes, sir. Um, I, I currently do not have season tickets, but I've I've been within a circle. So welcome to the family. Um, Kyle, uh, any, any last thoughts you have to add, uh, for tonight's show? Yeah. My only closing remark is, you know, to not be like Michael K. I'm just going to issue my public apology now to Nick Burns for the enormous L I'm going to hand him in fantasy this week. So I'm just going to get that out of the way for everybody. 
No, it's been great, guys. I had to sneak one fantasy league smack talk moment in here. We could do a whole show on that too. But thanks for having me. And yeah, uh, I'll be the uh, on-site in-season reporter as long as you guys need me to. Even in a rainstorm, we'll get it live out there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you, Kyle. Uh, obviously, big, big night in my life coming up a little bit over a month from now. So I, if you guys can, uh, I mean, Kyle, you won't be there because you're going to be going up to the game. But I'm hoping Dennis could be there and Giants, uh, Washington. And uh, I'm, I'm, what do you got going on in a month? I'll be at nothing special. Um, okay. And then I'm going to Giants-Dolphins. Uh, that will be my probably my game of the year. And then, oh. And then as of uh, this past week, I found that I'll be at Giants-Rams New Year's Eve. Oh, all right. I'll welcome you to the tailgate. Uh, so hopefully the game means something at that point. Um, yeah, good uh, good talking to you guys, as always. Um, our next show will be Matt and Dennis. We'll be post-gaming uh, we'll, we'll, we'll post the, uh, the game that was against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll probably do it either Monday, Tuesday, one of those days. Um, Kyle, you're always welcome. Uh, anytime. Let's, man, let's let's hope that uh, the next the next show is is better vibes and more positive vibes. And yeah, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Um, we're always on Twitter. It's uh at Matt Dennis Pod. Um, you can follow us. Um, this episode will be on there, and any past episodes you want to listen to will also be on there. And Dennis. We'll post our picks, I think, maybe, on the Matt Dennis Pod Twitter page. Which, if you don't, oh, you know, we could we could do that if there's enough. I think we could do that. We can make that happen. I'll do that. All right. Thanks to my good friend Dennis, and thank you again, Kyle Barron, uh, for coming on the show. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, all right. For Kyle Barron, our good friend. For Dennis Vinci, my name is Matt Scrano. Thanks so much for listening, to Matt and Dennis. Let's go Giants. Go Big Blue. We'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. All right, we're out of here. Down us. Adios. Adios.